With the 2017 NFL Draft being six weeks away, let's bring in NFL Network's Charles Davis. You can find him on Twitter at CFD22. Charles, the Jets had the sixth overall selection in the draft. At this point, do you think the following six defensive prospects have separated themselves from the rest of the field? Texas A&M's Miles Garrett, Stanford's Solomon Thomas, LSU's Jamal Adams, Ohio State's Marshawn Lattimore, and Alabama's Jonathan Allen. Is there a gap after those top six? Well, there's a little bit of a gap because Malik Hooker I would have had in that group from Ohio State, but he's injured. So you're going to have to have one of those conversations about, okay, when do we expect to get him back? How high does he go in the draft? You know, that sort of a deal. So when you start to lose guys like that, that helps separate it. But those guys are some pretty strong candidates for the top six, and I have no argument at all <laughs> with them being in it. I, you know, I, you did mention Reuben Foster, right? Uh, I, I didn't mention Reuben because uh, after what happened at the Combine, how do you think that yeah, might impact that his sense. stock? Truthfully, I will tell you this. He's a linebacker, and he got upset, and he got in someone's face. The teams I know, they're going to say all the right things publicly, but behind closed doors, I doubt there's a single ding to, to him at all. They're kind of like, well, he's a linebacker. What do you expect out of him? Well, what makes him such an outstanding player? Because uh, last year we know Reggie Ragland came out of Alabama, and then Foster just he skyrocketed throughout the season, it seems like. Yeah, I think what happens with Alabama kids is they almost have to wait their turn because there's so much talent around them, and they can be playing. But sometimes they're playing in a different position because they have to wait for the guy ahead of them to move on. Sometimes they just get overlooked because that guy has been dominant there and we don't talk about it. But, you know, Jonathan Allen was, was there with Sean Robinson and Jaron Reed last year. He's going to be rated as a higher prospect than either of those two last year, yet we heard about them more than we heard about him mainly because of where they were in class, you know, a little bit, you know, a little older, a little seniority, that sort of a deal. So Foster, I think he runs better than Ragland. I think he has a size that is very similar. But I like his ability to move sideways a little bit better than I like Ragland. I think Ragland might have been a little stouter at the point of attack, but not by a heck of a lot. But truthfully, in today's NFL, those linebackers that can run are the ones that are at a premium. Look at what Atlanta did last year. But Deion Jones, who we would definitely say, based on past, uh, past uh, uh, you know, position rankings, was an undersized linebacker playing inside. How about Devondre Campbell outside? He wasn't a big guy either, but both of them could run and make plays. They helped fuel Atlanta's run to the Super Bowl. So I think we're going to see more of that than we are the bigger, stouter guys at least at this time in the way the NFL plays. It's a great point about speed, and I think uh, the Jets have a similar thinking when you think about their draft last year, taking Darren Lee, number 20 overall. They liked his progress during his rookie season, and he'll be slated to be a three-down linebacker for this team for the years to come. What do you think, if the Jets do stay at six, who do you think would be a good fit for this team in transition right now? Well, truthfully, I don't think there's a spot that's not safe. But when I look at that secondary and you keep saying to yourself, what are you going to do? Well, look at the guys that you mentioned at the top. Are you thinking about a Lattimore coming off of the one season where he didn't have hamstring issues? Are you thinking about a Jamal Adams 
who can play safety for you. And, you know, you're still not getting, I think, the, the play at safety that maybe was expected a few years ago in the draft. The guys up front, there's still some uncertainty, even though you have terrific guys up front. There's still some uncertainty about whether they will continue to be there, what, what, what is their function, that sort of a deal. So what if a Jonathan Allen sitting there? Look, the Jets haven't been averse to going to a position of strength in drafting, witness Leonard Williams coming in, and that turned out to be pretty strong for them. So I think those are good spots. I don't know that they go and say quarterback at six. In this year's crop, this year's class, I'm not one that would advocate doing that. So sitting there at six, I think they may try and, and handle something maybe in free agency as we've heard the rumors and then try and figure it out from there because I don't know that there's a huge difference between taking a guy in the first round or taking a guy in the second, third, fourth in terms of this year's quarterback crop. Yeah, I'm going to circle back on quarterbacks here in a moment, but offensively, would you consider a Leonard Fournette, maybe an O.J. Howard, a Mike Williams, or even a Corey Davis there at six overall? Because a lot of folks think each of those four players are going to be big-time playmakers on the next level. Yeah, if if you're going to ask me to pick out of those four, and you didn't, so I'm not putting it on you, but I'm going to go ahead (laughs) and say I'm going to pick out of those. I would take Fournette at six. I'd be a little more leery about taking Howard at six. I don't know that I'd go that high for a receiver, not, not in this year's crop, because they are big-body guys who make plays. We'll, look, you and I will not know what Corey Davis runs, maybe ever, because he's not going to run a 40. Yep. Okay? He's not going to go out there and sprint for us, right, because he's been injured. We know Mike Williams ran 4.55, I believe, yesterday at his pro day at Clemson. He did not run at the Combine. But 4.55 is fine for him. But for me to go that high for a receiver, I want to have that whole package to go up there. Fournette, to me, you can use him for three downs. People act like he can't catch the football. He can. I think he catches it better coming out of school than Adrian Peterson did by, by far. And he's a bigger, thicker guy. Yeah, he was 240 at the Combine, ran 4.51. That seemed to be unimpressive to some people and I just started laughing I said you ever want to be a defensive back, defensive uh, back or a linebacker filling a hole four five one two forty coming at you and ready to, to feed you his pads I don't want any That's part of that fast enough <laughs> plenty fast enough okay and I think he may even drop down and play around 230 so he gets a little bit quicker he's a guy that I do believe is a three down running back he's a guy that I think can have a major league impact on your offense to control some things take the ball out of the hands of the, of the other team, keep, give your defense some rest, and wear down people as you go along. So to me at six, if they, if they called Leonard Fournette, I think that would be a big-time pickup for them. Yeah, just how deep, Charles, do you think uh, these cornerback and tight end classes are? And with that being said, can you find starters at both spots, maybe potentially in rounds two and even rounds three? I think you can. And I think that the tight end crop gets, gets deeper every year because we've taken a lot of wide receivers who are bigger guys and told them, just hit the weight room a little bit more, and we'll use you as a flex tight end. Nowadays, they can push you into flex, make you a move tight end, as we like to call it, and you can still be a wide receiver, just you're going to work the inside parts of, parts of the field more than the outside parts. So I think you can find talent and guys deeper into the draft. You know, we know the top of the draft, O.J. Howard, you know, David and Joku. I thought Evan Ingram blew the top off of the combine. You were there. And yep. all of a sudden you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I knew he was good, but my goodness, man, he can fly. Um, 
you know, Jake Butt coming off of an injury. Someone's going to get a steal out of him. I think as you move on into the draft, a Jordan Leggett out of Clemson, this Adam Shaheen kid out of Ashland is going to be a very interesting draft pick for someone because of the level of ball he played, the size. What do you weigh, 277, 276 at the Combine? He's a mammoth man. So how are you going to utilize him? Will he be your traditional type tight end? Or is he big enough and fast enough to be a move tight end? I think you can go all the way down into this draft. and I'll give you a couple of guys that I absolutely like that probably will be third-day guys. But maybe you're talking about a Pharaoh Brown out of Oregon, depending on how the medical checks out. He had a horrible leg injury a couple of years ago. Do you want to take a look at him down the road? A Daryl Daniels at Washington, another former receiver that ended up moving to tight end. A Seaton Carter at Nebraska. Guys like that that I think you can get down the line a little bit. Josiah Price from Michigan State is your old school tight end. He's going to line up in line first, and then he'll fool you catching the football. So, yeah, when you talk about them, I think you think you're right. If you move to the cornerback position, this is the first year, and you and I have talked for a bunch of years now, right? This is the first year that I can remember out of the last six, seven, that when people say, hey, can you give me a wide receiver in any round at any pick? And I would have gone confidently, yes. How deep can you go on cornerbacks? I would have said, well, third round, and now I'm kind of (laughs) out. This year, we're going a lot deeper. This is the first year I feel – like, wow, I can really talk about cornerbacks. And I'm going to give you two. There's going to be a heck of a case study for you. And it's the two kids out of Florida, Tease Tabor and Quincy Wilson, both highly rated guys, probably on everyone's top ten at the cornerback position, and they ran really slow at the combine. Their pro day is going to be big. If they clean that up at the pro day, they'll move back higher on the rankings. If they don't, you're going to have a lot of tape that says they're really good corners, but you're going to have a question mark in your mind about their long speed, and you have to see which GM weighs that one versus the other more because I think they're both top ten corners. But now you're sitting there saying, oh, boy, I don't know about the top ten corners that can't run, and that's going to be the question. Remember, Joe Hayden didn't run well at the Combine a few years ago, came back and ran really well this pro day and, and cleaned all that up, and we went back to the tape and said, Joe Hayden can play, let it go, and it's pr- proven to be true. So we'll see what happens with those two. Yeah, it's an ast- uh, uh, outstanding year to be uh, addressing the cornerback position at some point during the draft. Uh, we know about Miles Garrett, probably the number one overall selection. I think a lot of people think he'll go to Cleveland uh, with that top overall spot. You're a Tennessee guy, Charles. How do you feel mm-hmm. about Derek Barnett? He's one of the best effort guys for a big guy that you're going to find. If you want to have some fun, when I say fun, because I know you crunch tape like everyone else and you crunch it and crunch it well, pop in that Florida tape from this year. Because I made a statement that week after the game. I said, I thought Derek Barnett did as much to turn the game around with his effort as he did with his play because it went hand in hand. That guy's motor never stopped. Now, is he a stand-up outside linebacker? Is he a down defensive end? Someone else is going to have to determine that. Personally, I'm one of those guys that thinks he's better going forward, and I would play him as such. I wouldn't make what I call a mistake that Houston made with Jadevi and Clowney for all these years of trying to say, hey, you're going to be an outside linebacker. No, he's a sickum guy. And this year he was a sickum guy, and how did that turn out for them? Pretty well. So I would do the same with Barnett. The, one, the, the question marks I have about Barnett would be, how athletic is he really? Tremendous effort, tremendous motor, gets to the quarterback, 
you know, does a great job in college, does he have enough athleticism to consistently beat those offensive tackles? You know, there's times when you see him and you think, well, he might be a little bit stiff. I'm not sure. But I know his play and his production overarches that in a big way. And he worked out at the Combine sick. Now, I will tell you, because I know this for, for a fact, many in his camp told him not to work out at the Combine because he wasn't 100%. And he said there's going to be – and apparently he told them essentially there are going to be days I'm going to play and practice. I won't be 100% either. And I've got to be able to do this. And he overruled all of them, aging on down, and went out and did his thing. Now, what, was it to the numbers he expected? Probably not. But I know everyone was giving him big check marks for going out there and competing. And he'll have a pro day and a chance to clean that up as well. So I think he's a first-round talent. Um, I don't think he's Miles Garrett, but I don't know sure anyone is Miles Garrett. But it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up landing. I think he's more towards the, the, the second part of the first round than he is towards the upper part. Yeah, he certainly brings a ton of tangibles to the table. Jets GM Mike McKagan has said he's open for business in every round. Is this the perfect draft to move back and stockpile picks? Also, just how far back do you think you can move early and still feel comfortable, Charles? I think you can move deep in this draft and feel comfortable. Now, if you have your eyes set on a certain position, I wouldn't move very far if I, my eye was set on offensive line. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't move far at all. If, I, if I, there's an offensive line that I absolutely had to have, I wouldn't move off of six because there aren't a ton in this draft that you're going to go and seek and get. You know, how, you know, many years we spend a lot of time talking about how many tackles are going to go and this and that and everything. I heard a stat that the last time we didn't have a quarterback or an offensive tackle go in the top 10 of the NFL draft was 1974. Wow. And truthfully, this is a year where that discussion is actually on the table. Now, you and I both know that at the end of the day, someone's going to say, i got to take a quarterback, right? They, they always do. But it's truthfully up for grabs because when you talk to evaluators, you talk to people, there are a number of them that say, yeah, if you don't take quarterback in the top 10, it makes sense. And I think the same is said this year for offensive linemen. Because the top tackle prospects, like a Forrest Lamp, I think many of us view them as guards. So it's going, to be an, it's going to be a different draft that way. But I think as far as other positions, you can move down. Like if you have a running back that you had to have, you can move back and get a, get a, a very similar runner <laughs> down the road. I think you can do the same with the receiver. We already talked about cornerback. The safety class is loaded this year. I think linebackers. A lot more linebackers, not just the edge rushers, but the guys who play inside. So I, I think this is a very good draft. So if you want to move back, I think you can move back and get talent. In your mind, you talked about quarterback. Is there a clear-cut top prospect that you see, even though probably not a top-10 pick overall? And with that being said, where the Jets are at, would they be best served to be, uh, would they be best served to wait until later in the draft to potentially add another developmental prospect? And, and the thing is, here, Charles, most people who I've spoken to, and I think you tend to agree, think all these guys are developmental prospects. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a an apt phrase and one that's being used by many people. If the Jets, let's say Mike McCagnan and his crew got together and they say, listen, I'm not listening to that Davis guy or anyone like him. I don't care what they say. We really like X quarterback. 
and they've got that kind of conviction, then, then, then bless them. Go get it. Because that means, you know, you know something more than we do, and you're planning on putting that on display. But let's say that they're more in the camp of where I am sitting right now, which is I'm very leery about a top-10 quarterback. As I said earlier in our conversation, you might very well get the same quarterback in round two, rounds two, rounds three, rounds four. So if that's the case, and I do feel that way, I don't touch anyone at six if I'm the Jets because I do think you can get that developmental guy later that can be pretty good for you. Now, if you're asking me who I like the best out of the quarterbacks, I like Deshaun Watson the best. I think that he checked in at 221, and I think he's going to get a chance to get even thicker, which is something he'll need. He needs that body armor. I just like the fact that this kid not only wins games, but he has an effect on his team winning games. He's not just the quarterback that was, was of record. Okay, Think about all the big games we've seen over the last two years. Think about Deshaun Watson playing in them. That's a clean-up footwork because he's coming out of the spread. And I think they've already started working on that. And he looked better at his pro day yesterday. So I think that he's the guy for me. A lot of people like Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky out of North Carolina. One year starts. That's the thing that scares you a little bit. But plenty of upside. Way more athletic than he'll ever get credit for. I thought he did a really nice job last year, and I enjoy watching his tape. Deshaun Kaiser from Notre Dame. He might be the guy with the biggest upside. But I thought he was very inconsistent last year, and you're drafting him more on, on potential and what you think you'll get down the road to me than what we saw on tape last year. If we could have stopped his season in the, in the opener against Texas, he might be the clear-cut number one quarterback. He was that good that night, but we had a whole season going. I really thought Pat Mahomes came on as a quarterback at Texas Tech, but he, I mean, he is a wild child for me. The ball doesn't <laughs> come out of his hand at the same angle twice. He's like a snowflake. It's all, it's all different spots. But he's like a pitcher, like his father was. Different arm angles, different slots, different things. Makes a lot of throws. Uh, Brad Kaya really improved, you know, from the late in the season to what I saw at the combine. I thought he did more to help himself than anyone. The Peterman kid, Nathan Peterman at Pittsburgh. He's going to be that guy that people are going to say, could he be this year's Dak Prescott? You get him later, able to plug him in, turn him loose. I really think that Josh Dobbs is on the ascent. And I don't think he's going to go super early. I think people love his upside, love his athleticism, obviously love his smarts, toughness. He needs to get bigger, but he's going to work on that. So you've got a bunch of guys going. And if you really want my biggest wild card out of this whole thing, I didn't even mention Davis Webb, who's got a big arm. My biggest wild card is Chad Kelly out of Mississippi. Because huh. I think if he, if he was clean off the field, he'd be a guy we'd be talking about at the top of the quarterback leaderboard. We'd be talking about putting him in that same conversation with what I think is Watson and Trubisky are right there at the top. Some people say Kaiser. I think Kelly would be in that same conversation if he was clean off the field, but he's not. Coming off of a knee injury, he may be a guy that people get later. And if he matures, and, you know, it's always a big if because you say, well, I don't know how many you know, quarterbacks mature over time. We'll see. If he matures, I think he could be a big steal for someone. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. We could do this all day. You can follow Charles on Twitter at CFD22. And remember, NFL Network will will provide live coverage of the NFL Draft from Philadelphia April 27th through April 29th. Thank you to Charles, a proud New Paltz High School alum. Uh, We appreciate your time. (laughs) 